The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to Thursday on WTMJ Nights. Big show planned. I want you to get involved. 855-616-1620. That's how you do it on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Call in, say hi, Tommy's back. Be nice to him. You get to me. That's how it works. And uh, we can always start with the text question of the night. Wow, man. You know, we talk a lot about these uh, national days or blah, blah, blah. And sometimes they're a little hokey. But tonight, my favorite, it is National Beer Lovers Day. Yes, sirree. So it is National Beer Lovers Day. What is the first beer you ever drank? And what is your favorite beer? That's our text question of the night. What's the first beer you ever drank, and what's your favorite? 855-616-1620. Again, the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Tommy, how are you? Good to have you back for another uh, big Thursday night extravaganza. Yeah, it's great to be back. As as usual, I'm I'm having a great night. Good, good, good. Um, I'll start with you. What was the first beer you ever drank? Ooh, um... Are we talking legally or uh, like a couple just, sips here just and there? The fir- yeah, just the first beer you ever drank. I would probably have to say it's got to be something Miller, Molson Coors-esque. I, I would say it's probably a Miller Lite, Miller High Life, something around okay. there that I got a sip of or something like that when I was younger. And right. I, I hated it at first. Absolutely hated <laughs> it. I think that's most people's experience yeah. with beer when they try it. You're just not a fan of it when you first have it. And then as I've gotten older, really enjoy beer. In fact, my go-to always is beer. And I, I like all beer. doesn't even matter really to me. Okay. It can be domestic, imported, uh, IPA. It doesn't matter. I drink all if beer. If you had your choice, what style would you have? Honestly, if I'm out in public, I'm just going to order a Coors. That's kind of how it is. But I, I'm also a fan of High Life. All right, very nice. Uh, my first beer was an old style because that was the beer that was at every family gathering when I was growing up. And so um, my buddy, I, I'm sure I had sipped it beforehand, but after eighth grade graduation, uh, two of my buddies and I got uh, took three cans of old style out of the basement refrigerator and went out to the woods. So old style was my first and for a long time, old style was it. And uh, now, as a beer guy, I guess um, not. Big I guess beer. I, en- Big I beer enjoy guy. beer. Yeah. What? So now I don't have a favorite, but I do have a favorite time of year, and we are in it right now because I love the um, Oktoberfest beers, whether it's a Martzen or a Fest beer. I like Dunkels. I like to go into the stouts. So it's malty. Uh, malty stuff for me. So this is my favorite time of year. Uh, there's so many good ones, you know. Three Sheeps so- has a really good Oktoberfest that only comes around during this time. I used to drink that one up in Madison. I can't yeah. do the stouts, and that's really my only gripe with beers. It, I can't do Guinness. It's just too filling. I, I can't. See, and th- now, to me, a, when I didn't like Guinness when I was younger at all. Now I love Guinness. Because to me, it's so it seems very light. I mean, it looks it looks like it should be a glass of tar, but it is not. To me, it's creamy and smooth, and it just it goes down it goes down easier than a lot of other beers. I don't think so it's because of the taste. It's just that if I have one of them, I'm full. 
I mean, I just can't. Oh, see, that's not, unfortunately, that's not my problem. Oh, yeah, good for you, I guess. <laughs> it was not my problem. <laughs> wasn't my problem last year in Ireland either. I was like, oh, boy, these things, uh, these things go Does it taste better easy. in Ireland than it does over here? It actually does. I, I know that because it's it's fresh, you know, um, and it there was there was something, and I don't know if it's psychological. I mean that I'm not ruling that out. That you know, I'm sitting in a pub in Ireland drinking Guinness, or I'm at the Guinness factory. Um, is it going to taste better? In my mind, it did, but you know, you're kind of hoping my it would ref- taste better, right? Or just, I don't know, I had heard for so many years, oh, it tastes better, it tastes better. But the other night I had one out of my refrigerator, one of the uh, canned drafts, and tasted pretty good. So I'm not going <laughs> to... So I, I'm not going to complain. We're getting some, uh, we're getting some uh, responses on the text line. Let's see, first beer and your favorite beer from the 414. First beer, Bush Light. Favorite beer, Bush Light. I like a, I like somebody with nice, clear, refined taste, and they stick with they they leave the dance with who brought them. Uh, from the two six two old Milwaukee was the first. Yingling is the favorite. Yingling makes a good beer. Uh, Jeff says jolly good root beer was my first. Sprecher black black Bavarians my favorite. Uh, from the 70, uh, 77 year old in the two six two first beer PBR still drink it. There you go. Is listen, I I am a firm believer in if you like something, that's what you should drink. You don't I don't uh, believe in chasing trends, chasing this. If you want to try something new, that's great. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't, and then you'll go back to uh, to what you used to drink. For years, after my after I drank old style in college, I drank either Lone Star or Bush, whatever was cheapest. Then. When I was out of college, it was mostly for years, it was Miller Lite. And then I start, you know, I, I started with maybe a Sam Adams. That was the first big craft beer and moved into some other others. And then I just started trying different things. And now it's, okay, I know kind of what I like and I know what I don't like. And I also know that, uh, you know, sitting down, like if I'm at a ball game or something, a Miller Lite or a Coors Light hits the spot just like anything else. So it's, um, yeah, there's no there's no wrong answer when it comes to drinking beer. Yeah, personally, right. Shandy's at a ball game, too, are kind of, that's that's my go-to. And now they got the I new went, barrel yard. I got to try that barrel yard out. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the game on the 29th. So I got to try that out too. I like. I went through a period where I was drinking Lining Lining Kugel Summer Shandy like it had the cure to everything that ailed me, and then I had they had some other shandies that I enjoyed. And I was when we were down in New Orleans, we would drink uh, Purple Haze, which is kind of a shandy. And uh, then I was just like, okay, I kind of I, I don't know if I evolved out of them or if I just tried something else that took over for the shandies in my life, but I do enjoy them. We'll get to some more of your answers. And since we're talking about beer, I have a little plug about something uh, very exciting and we'll do that. And then, oh my goodness, the former president's campaign could be in trouble for uh, t-shirts and things. We'll get to a lot of stuff 
855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. The text question, and you can call in with the answer to uh, the first beer you ever drank and your favorite because it is National Beer Lovers Day on WTMJ Nights. Ain't nothing man a beer can fix. Ain't no pain it can't wash away. That is true. I'll probably be having one after the show tonight. It is National Beer Lovers Day. That's why we brought this up. And somehow I knew... Out of all the things we could start the show with, this would get the response that uh, I always like to see from you guys. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. A lot of texts for the text question, what was your first beer and what is your favorite beer? Matt decided he was going to call in. He's in Watertown. Hi, Matt. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. So what was your first beer? What's the first beer you drank? First beer I can remember was... Finding Kugel's original lager, because that's what my dad always had on tap. Um, maybe there was old style in there, too. But uh, my favorite is Weinstefaner's Heffelite. Ooh, okay. German Heffelite is, German Heffelite is excellent. Lots of counters really good, too. Very nice. Well, both, and, and a Heffelite is a nice, refreshing beer, too. Not too, not too heavy. Like yeah, Tommy definitely. seems worried about the heaviness of the beer, which concerns me. But Matt, I appreciate the call. We're having a little trouble with some feedback, but thank you. Uh, get home, enjoy a beer, have some fun. So Tommy, you you like them lighter? That's it. Do you like a dark, or do you just like a, a nice like light pilsner or a lager? Uh, definitely fine pilsner. That's that's where you go with that. Miller, Miller Light, nice fine pilsner. Sure. No, noble Saz hops. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, the 414, my favorite beer is a Staghorn by New Glarus. That's their Oktoberfest. Very, very good, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, first beer was Old Milwaukee. We took out uh, of my dad's fridge in the basement and my beer. I uh, usually drink during the week or whatever. A Miller Light again. Uh, again, no to me. When I didn't know I loved you. Oh, wow. I don't, I, well, I love you too. Thank you. First beer was a PBR, which I didn't care for, but now I have two favorites, Blue Moon, Light, Sti- Light Sky, and Coors Banquet. Those are actually three, but uh, I get, yeah, Tommy, you were right. I remember uh, drinking that first old style and going, ooh, this is, this is a little rough. So actually, the three of us took two beers, and one of the guys drank a whole one himself because he had uh, you know he had older siblings it's he, he said he had had beer before so he could handle it and then he decided he was going to try to impress my other buddy and myself who had split the other beer and do somersaults but he warned us not to do somersaults because then the beer would hit us too hard and we wouldn't be able to handle it so you did so. a somersault naturally right no i was oh, terrified okay. <laughs> what was i going to do i got to ride my bike home you know i already stole some beers out of out of the fridge i was, yeah, don't you need know. a bwi that's for no. sure yeah no not at 13 no I, you know i'm already a felon things are going to be uh, things are going to be rough kingsbury that's from ben in sheboygan michael says the first beer i drank was either a uh gettleman or a pbr standard beer is river west i will never pass on a dragon's milk though oh, dragon's milk is good do you like amber river west amber B- big fan of those too i like that but i like east side dark better okay uh they're the east side dark yeah, i'm i really like that one i like i like lakefront's oktoberfest too so yep also there, good there's really not too many um of that of the mars and maybach fest beer style that i don't like uh, first from the 414 Genuine Draft, Hawker Shore is the favorite. Moosehead or St. Polygro? Wow, for the first beers, Caroline, very fancy. 
Uh, current favorite, Guinness or Corona. Um, first was Point Special. Favorite is Central Waters Pecan Kringle. Ooh, that sounds good, too. All right, we got a... Uh, I like this one from the 414. Best beer, the one that's open. Uh, we'll get to some more of those as we go on through the show because it is National Beer Lovers Day, but I'm going to take a second. Tommy, shameless self-promotion, if that's okay. As you said should. The guy who's, said the guy who's on a giant radio station, like I'm ashamed of self-promotion. Um, next week, a... The first episode of a brand new podcast that I am doing drops, and it is related to this. It's called Crafty Brewers, Tales Behind Craft Beer, and I'm partnering with the owner of Exit Strategy Brewing in Forest Park, Illinois, and my, our producer is an award-winning podcast producer who I've worked with for years. So the trailer now is up on YouTube, and you can follow us on Instagram at crafty underscore brewers underscore pod. And um, so every week, we're going to bring in a, a different brewery. We talk about all kinds of stuff. It's fun. It's not, it's not a boring uh, recipe, beer recipe podcast. It's coming in because my idea was that nobody started out in beer. Everybody came to beer, and there's a story behind every brewery, and those stories are usually fascinating and funny, and uh, it's, it's a project that has been in the works for me for a long time because I've been doing at the breweries, not only here on WTMJ, but at the radio station I was at before. And I've gotten to know a ton of brewers and they're all really cool people. And I've talked to a lot of brewers here in Milwaukee. And so everybody, we're going to, it's starting next week, but you can go the trailer for the podcast dropped today on Instagram. And I think our YouTube channel goes live next week when the first uh, episode is posted on there. So, yeah, little uh, now you'll be able to see why I always enjoy when we talk about beer because I'm like this is it's like a passion thing for me. So there you go. Um, so, so subscribe, like, do whatever the kids do. And now you can right, see your face too in it. I, I watched. You can the, see yeah, me instead yeah, of just listening it, to you. I, I watched true. the preview. I I'm in, excited for it. Thank you. It's um, and we do it. We we record it at a brewery, so the backdrop is you know we're in a brewery, which is terrific, uh, which means there's always beer. And so far, the ones we've recorded have been a lot of fun. And I am, I'm not a guy who gets excited about things. And I've been in this business and comedy and everything for a long enough time to know that. Um, Nothing is certain, and everything can turn on a dime. But uh, our producer, who has won awards for doing podcasts for Discovery and other big networks, is already like, uh, we're entering this podcast in the big podcast awards, and I'm very excited. He actually pushed back the release of another podcast that he's working on that he's actually getting paid for uh, to make sure that ours dropped on time. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, all right, well, this is probably pretty good then. So uh, give it a listen, give it a like, and, uh, you know, hopefully if you like beer or even if you're just curious about beer and, um, you know, you can get a hold of us, give us some uh, breweries that you'd like us to talk to, all different kinds of stuff. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get uh, a letter from the boss going, hey, what's going on with the, the commercial? But we're going to do this. Then when we come back, uh, the Former president could be in trouble again. There's a lot going on. And do we need to be worried about the new strain of COVID? Oh, my goodness. We go from beer to diseases. It's WTMJ Nights. I want to be like you.
my goodness, it's WTMJ Nights. This is not good news. More, more potential bad news for uh, the former president and his campaign. Legal experts are saying that uh, Donald Trump's campaign could be in trouble for selling merchandise that has his mugshot on it uh, because they could be violating Georgia's copyright law. Now, before you start sending in horrible te- texts, I'm not, I'm, I have nothing to do with Georgia's copyright law. I'm just telling you what's going on because you've seen all the, uh, the official, and I put air quotes around official from the Trump campaign, t-shirts, mugs, all that. In three days after the mugshot was released, the campaign made over $7 million from merchandise. But, um, the sheriff's office took the photo. And under U.S. copyright law, the sheriff's office owns that mugshot. So if the sheriff's department decides they want to sue the Trump campaign, they are well within their rights because the campaign didn't change up the the mugshot enough to say, oh, we were doing a parody of it or "We've we've made enough changes that it's not. And copyright law applies to you and I too. We can't, we can't just publish somebody else's work if i see a beautiful picture now i can put it up on facebook or uh instagram or wherever and not give credit but then i run the risk of the person who took that picture the the owner of that picture suing me so it's not for sure but uh just another Another thing for their campaign to keep an eyeball on and uh, see what they think. All right, on the other side of the news, we're going to find out if we need to be worried about the latest strain of COVID. And uh, what do you call your grandparents? Is it one of the most popular names in the country? Let's find out all of that. But now at 6.30, we head to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Jessica Gatso, ready to go. Ryan Noonan, we're here till 8 o'clock, and then it's Brewers Weekly, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. A lot of answers still coming in to our text question of the night because it is National Beer Drinkers Day, your first beer and your favorite beer. We'll get to some more of those in a minute. I will uh, make a correction because uh, we had a text from the 414 saying they had two favorites, Blue Moon, Light Sky, and Coors Banquet. I thought it was three beers. It is Blue Moon, Light Sky is actually one one beer. I have never had that. I've had Blue Moon, um, and I know it's funny. That's that's my mom's beer of choice if we go out. We, oh, got to have the Blue Moon um, with her orange slice. All right, we're, we're starting to uh, hear again about COVID. We've got a new strain out there. The first lady got COVID. Um, actually, a business, a business associate of ours uh, just went to a wedding this weekend. He and his whole family got COVID. So it's out there. Uh, how worried should we be? Overall, not that worried, uh, it sounds like. If, you, um, if you're young and in good shape, you're... You're good if you have your if you had the first vaccine. Boosters are supposed to be coming out uh, by next week, and those new boosters they took a gamble that it was going to, um, according to the Food and Drug Administration, they gambled that the booster coming out this week would target the XBB 1.5 variant. Well. Um, it's just like with the flu. You know how the flu, they kind of predict, all right, what are we going to make this year's flu shot effective against? And they rolled the dice. Well, they rolled the dice on the, the new COVID booster, 
And it came up right because uh, it looks like, according to Pfizer and Moderna, uh, they're based on messenger RNA technology. They're they're there, and it looks like they're going to be able to cover um, the variant. So if you're if you're worried about that, they say if you're if you're a little older, you know, and you haven't had your your booster in the last six months. You might be looking at get, getting your booster right away if you're young, if you're healthy, um, and you're you're amenable to getting your booster. When it comes out, you can get it, but you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a little longer shelf life in your immunity. Plus, uh, it's gonna help uh, again against severe disease. But it's not a uh, don't get uh, don't get all worked up. It is not a mandatory thing. It's just hey, there's a booster, just like the flu shot. And uh, that's kind of what we knew was going to be happening, that we'd have to get it. I've gotten my boosters in the past. I'll, I'll get a new one just because being, ar- being around the, the kids at school and being everywhere else, I'm just like, I'll just, you know, what the heck? If, I, if I'm radiated, no, I'm not even going to joke about it because, you know, that's it. But there's, there's the information. Don't worry too much. Don't start to panic. Things are ticking up, though. Hospitalizations are ticking up. Deaths are ticking up. Nothing like uh, three years ago. But it's something, if you are in one of those categories that is a little more susceptible, just be forewarned. Uh, if you're working in, and I'm sure if you work in healthcare already, you know this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, just know it's out there. Nothing to worry about. But uh, the new uh, the new boosters are coming out. I would be worried, i got to be honest, if I was sending my child to UW-Madison. Now, this is not to single Madison out or the University of Wisconsin, because any parent who has sent their child away to school has some sort of nervousness about their safety. You know, and the farther away your kid goes, maybe the more anxious you become. If you can't get there within a couple hours in the car, it's, you, you know, maybe you worry about it a little more. Uh, I know this sounds old-fashioned and sexist, but... Uh, having a daughter, I probably worried about my daughter a little more than I would have if I had a son. And we've all heard the reports of this horrific attack that happened the other night, and Jessica was reporting on it in the news. And there have been there have been a lot of responses, not only from the university and their security, but from the Madison police. Now, Tommy, you went to UWM, right? Uh, I did, yes. You did. So you and you've lived in Madison, and I've been to Madison many times. It doesn't strike me as a, a real sketchy place, but just like any city, there's there's an element that is going to do horrible things, and there's areas. But this sounded like it was just in a, a residential part of town. Did did you ever feel nervous up there? I would say no. I don't. I don't think so. I did live just outside of it. Lived in a small city. Uh, Monona, if people are familiar with it, right before Madison. So once I was off campus, done with classes, I didn't really make my way around too much. But, you know, it's such a busy city all the time. So there is a lot of people always. So there's definitely that to be taken into account for it. But yeah, just some crazy news coming out of that place. Yeah, between that and as you, you mentioned to me, you see the thing about the pier. Yeah, the pier collapsing. It's not a that's not a way to end the summer with uh, this going on. So if you sent your children away to school, did you kind of 
out of not out of sight, out of mind completely. But I'm guessing that even if you did worry, you had to forget about it at some point because that's that's kind of what I did. The biggest mistake we made when our daughter was, I believe, a junior, and again she went to she went to college down in New Orleans. Um, we joined a a Facebook group that was like a, a crime watchers. And they were always posting, they were always posting like whatever was happening, any crime that happened anywhere near campus. And it was like, oh no. And our daughter lived off campus. So we were looking and, you know, and then we're mapping it. That was the dumbest thing we could have done was to join that group. Because now all of a sudden it's in our face all the time. As opposed to knowing that she's down there, fingers crossed that she's, you know, taking the lessons that we've taught her and the streets march that she's gained over her entire life and is being careful and, you know, checking in and we're, whenever we talk to her a couple times a week, everything's fine. But knowing, seeing every day, oh, there was a robbery uh, on this street. And it's like, oh, where was that? Okay, that's all right. Far enough. That's not near where she lives. Everything, okay. And then you get to, uh, then you get to, okay, well, I haven't heard from her. So, uh, everything must be fine. But if you, if your child was away, how did you deal with your security concerns? Because if you have a child, you have security concerns. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Uh, we'll talk about some of the things that are going on in Madison to increase security after the attack the other night. We'll do that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. We were talking about campus security in light of this horrible attack at uh, UW-Madison the other night. Uh, thankfully, the guy has been arrested. But if you have a child that you sent off to college, your level of worry may have been at different levels at different times. It may also have been at different levels uh, due to their proximity, due to the sex of your child. And I don't, I don't mean that, you know, that you don't worry about boys and, and any of that. They're just, you know, certain things, certain things maybe you worry about a little more, but they are, they are addressing this and they are addressing the concerns, not only of the students and the residents of Madison, but I'm, I'm guessing of parents as well. The uh, UW-Madison police have been encouraging students to download Badger Safe. That's a new safety app. Uh, the app has safety resources, provides both on and off campus safety alerts. So you can just, uh, the students can just go to Badger Safe and uh, do that. And I would imagine if you're a parent, you, want, you might want to download that too. Students at the UWM can request a companion to accompany them throughout campus or to and from nearby campus locations. I think that's uh, that's good too. They can call SafeWalk, uh, they can text it, and they can get... Um, the service boundaries do not include the far west campus, so the UW Hospital and Eagle Heights are not included, but uh, right around right around the main campus, you can use that. I know when I was in, when I was in college, things were... We had a uh, kind of a woods in the middle of campus, and there were paved paths that people would walk, and it was it was dark. I mean, we, but then I went back a few years after I graduated, and thankfully, I think I think as the result, unfortunately, of a of an attack in the woods, they put up 
lights on some of the main trails and then instituted this kind of thing too where you know if you're at the library or the student center or one of the classroom buildings and you have to get across campus through the woods you, you text this number and you can get somebody to walk with you um, so that's good they also are have made uh, mental health resources available for students and employees of the campus and uh, you can always always just call the police so they are working very hard to make sure that uh, things are safe it is it's hard it's hard when you send your kids away to not feel worried because uh, well, that's our job as parents right we have to worry so you have to do that it's grandparents job to worry too but the grandparents not as much grandparents jobs basically just to uh basically just to spoil their grandkids which is perfect someday uh someday i hope to be a grandparent but uh, i am not right now but if you are I would like to know what your grandchildren call you. 855-616-1620. What do your grandchildren call you? And uh, we'll get into this, and I'll tell you why I'm asking on the other side. It's WTMJ. We are jam-packed and pumping up the volume on a Thursday night. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, we've got a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a lot of your responses for the uh, the beer question. I will get to those in just a minute. But I saw this today, and uh, it is about the most popular nicknames for grandparents. So if you are a grandparent, what do your grandchildren call you? The reason I ask is I did not know that. Um, <laughs> somebody very upset with my comment that I was not a grandparent. I stop it. Stop. Painfully obvious you're not a grandfather. Worry for kids in this world is beyond just spoiling them. Yes, duh. That was... Uh, all right. I love I love when people take themselves too seriously. Obviously, grandparents worry about their kids. I said that, but yes, come on. It's a different, it's a different kind of worry. So relax, sit down, take a breath. Um, I was surprised. I grew up calling my grandparents grandma and grandpa. That was it. And... Unfortunately, my dad's mother, my grandmother on my dad's side, had passed away when he was younger, so I never got to knew her, know her. But I, both my grandfathers and my maternal grandmother, and it was grandma and grandpa, and grandpas uh, were just grandpa. Even if both of them were at the house, we'd just say grandpa, and they'd, they'd figure it out by who I was um, looking at, which grandpa I was talking to. But then when my daughter was born, my wife's, my mother-in-law, wanted to be called Nana, which I had never heard. Everybody I knew just called their grandparents Grandma or Grandpa. So it was Nana, and then my mom was Grandma, which was easy. And But now, like, my mom to my nieces, my brother-in-law, my brother's mother-in-law is around. She's Grandma, too. So it's uh, Grandma Patsy and Grandma... I can't remember the, the other woman's name. But so they've stayed with that. But... There was a uh, something came out today from Preply about the most popular nicknames for grandparents. What do you think, Tommy? What do you think for Wisconsin the most popular name for a grandmother is? And now we'll take grandma and grandpa off the table. So besides grandma and grandpa, uh, Nana. Oh, no, Nana is and Michigan. Uh, no, it is uh, Pop Pop for the grandfather and. Mamma for grandmothers. Uh, ladies, do you, 
Have you been called? Have you ever been called Mama? That that to me sounds more southern, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it is it is in it is the most popular name in Mississippi too. The most popular nickname is Mama. So Mama is Wisconsin and Mississippi, and um, for the for the grandmothers, and then Pop Pop for the men in Wisconsin. For grandfathers in Illinois, it's Papa. For grandmothers, you know, it's Grammy. You know what's weird? Grammy is what? <laughs> Grammy is how my wife refers to herself when she's talking to my daughter's dog. So to my daughter's dog, my wife is Grammy. <laughs> but I should laugh because I am Pops. When it's when they're talking to Walter, my wife's dog or my daughter's dog, our grand dog, then I am Pops and my wife is Grammy. Uh Granny and Grandpappy from the four one four. I like see, I don't think there's anything whatever. Uh you call your whatever you choose to have them called, I think it's fine. And I like when people embrace the fact that they're not, you know. Hey, we're we're your grandparents, so whatever. Uh, the two six two cannot stand when new grandparents say they cannot be called grandma as it makes them old. I say being called grandma is a badge of honor. Yuck, Gigi. Uh, hey, Noonan, yuck. I got some I got some unique ones here on the talk and text line. Uh, I got Jim and Waterford. Can I just bring them on real quick? Yeah. All right, here's Jim. How's it going, Jim? Man? What do you got? Oh, when. When our grandkids were really small, they called my wife Wanga because they couldn't pronounce the G, so that stuck. Okay. They me Grandpa. Grandpa, and it's, say it again, Wanga? Wanga, like the W, Wanga. Wanga, oh, that's funny. And so, and it just stuck in your... Your uh, your wife loved it, I bet. Yeah, yeah. And re- here's Sal- sure Sally in Pewaukee next, too, real quick. Hey, just Sally. wanted to get them in. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So, what do your grandkids call you? They call me Yaya. Yaya. I've heard that before. Is that is that a Greek? Are you a Greek? Supposedly, is it-, it is Greek, but they're not Greek. They just could not say the G. <laughs> And now it's stuck with them, and one is in second grade, the other one is fourth, and wherever we go, it's yeah, 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 this. All right. Well, and how do you like that? That's all right, right? I love it. I love it. There you go. Well, thanks for calling. Anybody else there, Tommy? No, I was just trying to get him in before we had to Try to get him in. Yeah, we'll try to get him in before because we got to get to the news. Grammy and Oompa from the uh, different 414. So there you go. If you're Mama or... Mama or Pop Pop, those are the most popular nicknames other than Grandma and Grandpa in Wisconsin. It is time to take a break for the news and then more on WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. My goodness, it is week one, the NFL. Packers are back. First game Sunday at Soldier Field against the Bears. And so uh, we decided that we were going to preview these games every week. And 
Thankfully, we were able to find just the man to help us do it. You hear him all over WTMJ doing sports. You can read all his thoughts on WTMJ.com. Brandon Snyde is here for uh, what we are tentatively calling Packers at Night. Brandon, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh, Brian. It is an honor and a privilege to be on the airwaves. I got to give a, a producer credit, though. To, I think it was a Tommy that did that that intro there with the, Tommy. Uh, with the music. That was fantastic. It's it makes my heart happy, Brian, to hear that <laughs> that music being played because that means football is finally back. The dog days of summer are behind us, and now we can actually have some fun. And the game Sunday, uh, you know, in in past decades, it was hyped as the biggest rivalry. It's definitely the oldest rivalry in football. But uh, with the Packers having the youngest team by age, average age, and the Bears having so many new people, it's it doesn't have the the teeth that it used to other than, hey, this is a, a division rival, we got to beat them. Would you agree with that or no? Um, I would agree with that. I would agree with you. That is an, uh, to me, it's an accurate statement. However, if you ask Justin Jones of the Bears or Jaquan Brisker, the Bears' safety, they can't help but speak negatively about Green Bay. <laughs> I mean, they were on record, I believe it was this week. Justin Jones was today. Brisker, I believe, was Monday, where he they flat out said they hate Green Bay. So Ugh. I think you're right. You know, I think that statement's accurate. I mean, look, it's eight wins in a row for Matt LaFleur's Green Bay Packers. The Bears really yeah. haven't been competitive <laughs> since 2018 as far as this rivalry is concerned. The Packers now owning the, the overall head-to-head. But you ask any Packers players, they really don't mention it. You know, Rasul Douglas was asked about it earlier this week, and he's just kind of like, Eh, I mean, kind of caught in the middle. I don't have a reason to hate them. And then the Bears, who've been getting their butts whooped for the last years, are talking about hating Green Bay. So it's it's a one-sided hate, I think. But I think what you said is pretty accurate. So, I, you know, and but who knows, though, because two franchises, two historic franchises, obviously the NFL's oldest rivalry, you've got new beginnings on both sides, right? Yeah. Justin Fields has been there for a little bit, but Jordan Love's also been in Green Bay for a little bit. But both of them are now getting the keys to the Ferrari officially. Uh, you know, see which one outlasts each other. So it could be a start of a rivalry. Um, and I'm sure if you're a Bears fan, I you hope, hope it, for that. If you're a Packers yeah, fan, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think it'd be, I think it adds a little to both to both cities when you sure. have that, you know, that added, that added oomph for the game. I mean, there's sure. the fans are always going to have that feeling. And honestly, I don't know if it ever really translated to a lot all the players because they have to get excited for every game they have to have that same mentality no matter who they're playing on sunday but let's let's look at you mentioned all right jordan love he's got the keys uh he's the man now everybody last year everybody was calling for him it was time it was time okay what have what have you noticed in the preseason and how do you think what you've noticed then is going to translate to sunday when all of a sudden things are amped up just that little bit more. When the season, when the preseason began, when Aaron Rodgers was, was obviously traded, we knew obviously that that was going to be a transition period for Green Bay, going from the four-time MVP to the former first-round pick that seemingly every Packer fan in the world hated at the time in 2020. Um, so you knew there was going to be a little bit of adjustment, right? That's what you thought going into the summer, right. and rightfully so. You had every reason to think that because of what we've seen from Jordan Love from the times that we have seen him. It wasn't always, you know, sunshine and, and rainbows. So going into the preseason, my expectations were, were fa- fairly low. Like if 
you know, Packers finished six and 11, you know, I could see that if they finished five and 12. Okay. I could see that. But then you start watching preseason, Brian, and you're watching this guy come into a huddle, command the huddle, command the line of scrimmage, change the play at the line of scrimmage, change the protection at the line of scrimmage. And then every preseason game that he played in this summer, which was all three of them, his last throw in each one of those games was a touchdown. Yeah. So then you sit back in your chair and you're like, huh, maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe, you know, maybe just maybe the guys that get paid up in green Bay, the big dollars, maybe they're, maybe they're right. Maybe they know exactly what they're doing. And it's funny because David Bakhtiari had similar thoughts as I did. Uh, you know, when he went in on record, I believe it was in May during OTAs and said, look, it's a rebuilding year. And I think most people at that time would have agreed with that. He was speaking with Matt Schneidman of the athletic on Tuesday and he said, I've been pleasantly surprised by what we've seen. We got some, we got some real talent. And I, I think everybody is actually shocked at the, you know, the, the, the moves that the Green Bay Packers front office have made in order to go to a younger roster. Obviously, there's youth right. everywhere, as you alluded to. And I think from what I've seen in preseason, there's no reason that this Green Bay Packers team cannot compete for a division title with the likes of the Minnesota Vikings and supposedly the Detroit Lions, as everybody likes to uh, Oh, everybody wants to say the Lions, please. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, th- there has to be something, and and if you and I'm sure you watched Hard Knocks. It seems like Zach Wilson is picking up a lot of stuff from Aaron Rodgers, so I'm, I, I would find it hard to believe that Jordan Love, for the last number of years, watching and learning from Aaron Rodgers, has not picked up, you know, some really good habits and as you said, a way to come in and command the line and, and change the coverage and do all that. So it's going to be interesting to see um, exactly how he does. And that's going to be that's going to be obviously the top thing that people are going to be watching for on Sunday. Let's take a quick break. We're going to get back to some more uh, like keys to what what we should be watching for on Sunday. And then we're going to start before we let you go, Brandon. We're going to hear all your final pick. Your, uh, you know, your line on this whole thing. Brandon Snyder is here. We are going to do this every Thursday before a Packers game. It's WTMJ Nights. It's Packers at night, week one. Packers at Chicago. NFL season kicking off tonight. Brandon Snyder is here. You hear him all over WTMJ. You can read all his pieces on WTMJ.com. He's going to talk with us uh, every week, and we're going to uh, look ahead to the game. All right. Brandon, since we were talking about Jordan Love and everybody's going to be obviously watching him with the youth movement this year in the Packers, where where should people be watching next? If if Jordan Love is number one, what's the next thing that fans need to pay attention to uh, to see how this season is going to shake out? That's a, a great question. I my answer to you, my real answer would tell you everywhere, right? You, <laughs> you want to look at the the younger. You want to look at the younger wide receivers, right? The younger tight ends. Those right. are kind of your obvious answers. Um, but for me, it's looking at the defensive line, Brian, because you're looking at a guy outside of Kenny Clark and outside of Rashawn Gary, who is going to be due a very large payday soon, based off the numbers Nick Bosa just received. Who else on that defensive front, on that front seven? is going to step up and be that next guy, right? That third or that fourth guy. Right. Where is the pass rush going to come from? Because you're not going to win games in the National Football League, quite frankly, in any level, if you cannot get to the quarterback uh, without having to bring your whole defense to the line of scrimmage. So for me, it's the, the front seven. You know, Outside of Kenny Clark, is it guys 
uh, Carl Brooks, who they drafted this year in the fifth or sixth round. I can't remember off the top of my head. You know, guys like that who are able to, to kind of come in, you know, you're, it's going to be tough because your week one, you're tested right off the bat with Justin Fields, who runs and runs and runs and keeping him in the pocket and keeping him contained and able to, to maintain discipline on the line of scrimmage is going to be extremely important from a defensive line front. So for me, I'm, I'm keeping close eyes on that defensive front. They showed tons of flashes uh, in the preseason uh, with that second and third unit in there throughout the course of each three of those games, especially in the last game. Um, so for me, it's the defensive line. Your point, I, I like your point there, Brandon, because especially this week, you you said Fields likes to run. And, and from everything that I've been reading, the Bears are going to focus on that because, quite frankly, even with bringing in, uh, you know, some new wide receivers down there, there his he's not a downfield threat. But the good Correct. news for the Packers is the offensive line of the Bears is pretty weak. So if they're if they're up to up to the test, they should be able to keep him in the pocket most of the game, don't you think? I absolutely 100% agree. I think your only weakness as far as downfield threat if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you're rooting for the Green Bay Packers, is your safety position, right? Like, who are you going to trot out there as an Anthony Johnson Jr.? Just, you know, Jonathan Owens, like Darnell Savage just hasn't played up to that first-round pick that they spent on him in 2019. So your only weakness, in my opinion, the only weakness so far, uh, again, we have not seen real live snaps, real game snaps outside of preseason, but what you've heard and what you've seen throughout preseason and throughout training camp is that you're good in the cornerbacks, right? Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes will eventually come back. We talked about the linebackers, all pro. Uh, Devondre Campbell's there. You know, your first pick, uh, uh, Wyatt there. Uh, you know, Devontae Wyatt. So you've got, um, you know, you've got talent at the linebacker position. You've got talent up front as well. We talked about Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. But you don't really have anything out in the back end of all of that at the safety position. So that's the one position as far as going downfield. But, again, Justin Fields was the worst quarterback as far as downfield yes. accuracy a year ago. So – probably a good week to kind of sort out that safety position and figure it out but like you said it's it's vital um that 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 front seven can contain justin fields because if we've seen it he's burned green bay uh it was a 55 yard touchdown last year i mean he'll he'll get out and he'll run and and he can change the game and i'm sure you know they'll hopefully have a a plan for that in place (laughs) joe barry talked today about a different philosophy on the defensive side of things so i guess we'll see what happens on sunday Always interesting to watch. Tommy has a question. Tommy? Yeah, Snide. Hey, um, so we've probably heard in the news that whether the condition is they're going to play or not going to play, that there's been some hamstring issues with Watson and Dobbs over the last week that we're a little concerned about, I guess. How much do you expect the rookie weapons to be involved in this game against Chicago? I think personally – this is a perfect first game to see what Jordan Love has to go up against where you get a game that you don't really know the rivalry, but you know it's a divisional game. The Bears are not going to be the toughest team they play all year, but there was a lot of skeptics on why they went defense maybe in the first round. People wanted offense in the first round, and then they really hammered those middle rounds with a lot of weapons, you know, Jaden Reed, the tight ends, uh, Musgrave, and whatnot. So how impactful do you think they could be week one? I think outside of week one, it's a great question, Tom. You're such a great producer. Tom uh, unbelievable. He's amazing. Um, outside of just week one, because I think they're going to be important week one, but I think of 
Luke Musgrave, which came via trading for Aaron Rodgers, is going to prove to be their best selection in of 2023. I think he's the real deal. I mean, I just do. He's a 4'5 guy. He's 6'6". Six, six. He moves like a tight end we probably haven't seen in Green Bay. Maybe outside of Jerm- maybe Jermichael Finley. He's, I think he's a little bit faster than Finley. So they're going to play big roles. And I think not only in week one are they going to play big roles, they're going to play massive roles throughout the course of the season. There was a pass in the preseason. I want to say it was the last last preseason game. Jordan Love, probably a pass he shouldn't have made, but he squeezed it into a window maybe about three inches wide to Jaden Reed. Now, you don't throw that if you're an NFL quarterback. You don't throw that, again, at any level if you're not trusting that guy on the other side of that of that throw. And Aaron Rodgers had that with Randall Cobb. Jaden Reed it gets compared to Randall Cobb a lot, and their their skill set's a little bit different. Jaden Reed's faster. He plays bigger, but he trusts uh, – Jordan Love trusts him. That's the same thing Rodgers had with Cobb. They trust each other. And again, Jaden Reed's a rookie, so they're going to play big roles, and you're not going to find a bigger fan of Christian Watson than me. I absolutely love Christian Watson. I know he's not a rookie. He's a second-year guy, but he's been out with a hamstring injury. It's kind of his M.O., right, his first year – in the, in the big leagues, he, he didn't necessarily play every week. He missed a handful of weeks, hamstring injury, concussions. So it's going to have to be. You're not going to have any other options, right? This is the youngest receiving uh, room in the NFL. The most veteran guys are Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. You know, Malik Heath is going to step into that role. He's going to be a huge uh, piece to this offense. And that's another guy that you saw. And, again, it's just preseason. Take it for what it's worth. But another guy that Jordan Love trusts to go get those 50-50 balls. He's another rookie you're going to rely on. I know he's easily forgotten about because he wasn't a first, second, or third-round pick. He was undrafted. But it's a guy who made the the 53-man roster and who showed out during the preseason and training camp. So Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, don't sleep on Tucker Craft. I think eventually he's going to find his way there. I think he's just a, a step behind. But Luke Musgrave, if he was healthy in 2022 at Oregon State and he didn't get injured, Luke Musgrave is a first-round draft pick. The Packers got an absolute steal with him in the second round. I let Brandon. Before we let you go, two things. One, we talked about the big things that everybody has to has to watch and some of the keys where we're going to look. Besides the question that you brought up about the defense, where would you say the biggest question mark is for the Packers going into this game? For me, it's going to be Coach Matt Lafleur and. I don't know if that's getting talked about enough. And I'll have Why I'll do you say that? my extra point. Because there is no more training wheels for Matt LaFleur, right? You don't right. have Alan Lazard playing receiver. You don't have Randall Cobb playing receiver. You don't have Dev- uh, Devontae Adams. You don't have, quite frankly, the greatest quarterback to ever put on a chin strap under center. How are you, as Matt LaFleur, how are you going to approach this season? How are you going to lead? Now, he has talked a lot about being a player-led team. And you could probably do that to a certain extent, but you do not mm-hmm. have the leadership that they have had years past. We've talked about those no, other guys. You can add Mercedes Lewis in there. So how is my – I'm looking at him. Okay, if, if things don't start going right, it's your offense. You're leading the charge. There is no more Aaron Rodgers changing the play at the line of scrimmage. Now, last year Aaron Rodgers had the broken thumb. He wouldn't line up under center. Obviously, if he stays healthy, Jordan Love's not going to have that issue. Right. How do you lead as a coach? How do you, how do you lead a team without an all-pro and all-level type quarterback under center? That's who I'm looking at. It's a, that's an interesting take. All right, before we go, what's your uh, what's your prediction? Your this final is probably 
this is probably one of those games where we'll look back and be like, either I was so spot on or I was so wrong. Because it's one <laughs> of those games where, if Brian, if you threw, if you picked up a dart and threw it at the, the, the board and it had the score as 45-3, the Packers, or 45-10, to the Bears winning, both of them could be right. Because who knows, right? Like, who truly knows? Because we have not seen enough of Jordan Love in the regular season. However, that being said, I still think that the Green Bay Packers do march into Chicago. I think it's a fairly closer game uh, up until the fourth quarter. Maybe the Packers pull away a little bit. I'm going, I'm going 25-17, the Green Bay Packers. 25-17 Packers. All right. Brandon, thank you for uh, thank you for jumping on. Thank you for saying you'll do this with us every week. Looking forward to it. I, you can hear Brandon every morning doing sports on Wisconsin's Morning News. You can read all the things that he writes on WTMJ.com. Uh, and now you can hear him here Thursday night talking to us about uh, the upcoming Packers game. All right, we will, uh, we will see what happens on Sunday, and we will talk to you about it next week. Thanks again, Brandon. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Take care. Take care. All right, so that's... Uh, again, right now, Packers after dark. That's the uh, I like it. It kind of uh, at night or after or Packers dark. Packers at night. Okay, Packers okay. at night. Yeah, I'm Packers also going to say this, Noonan. I'll executive yeah. decision this. We'll podcast those too. So every oh, week course. we'll separately podcast that along with 100%. that in the full episode. So if you listen to the podcast feed, they'll every Thursday we'll put Packers at night as a separate Packers podcast too. So that'll be yeah. something to listen to. Of course, I would have expected nothing less, nothing less out of you, Tom. Okay, That's, all right, you know. just making sure. No, listen, I, I didn't feel I needed to question. It's confidence. That's what I'm saying. I, I know how you are. I, your professionalism is unparalleled. So it didn't even, it wasn't even a question in my mind if that was going to happen. Sorry, I was just throwing up in there over right next to this trash can. Please, let's not be overly emotional. Let's let's relax. But no, this is going to be fun. Brandon uh, Brandon knows his stuff, as you know, if you've uh, heard Brandon, which of course you have, and um, you know he is uh, he's ready to roll. So we're ready to roll too. Uh, let's roll into this. We got to take care of some business. It's WTMJ nights. Gonna wait, Tommy. I clicked the wrong button and I accidentally deleted it, so that I had to hot. All right, that. listen, everybody. Uh, everybody has a little. Uh, we're just getting back. We're warming up. Still. We are. We're yeah. just. It's fine. We got. To, listen, what do we got to do? If we're if we're a second late with the bump, is that gonna throw people off? No. It, you know, might throw the boss off. It threw me off. It threw me off. Not gonna lie. Listen, I am a. I am a. I always think, here's what I always say. I'm like, oh no, something horrible happened. If, but I, I know it never does. A uh, couple quick things. We're going to go back because at the beginning of the show, uh, our text question of the night is, na- it, it is National Beer Lovers Day. So my question to you was, what was the first beer you ever drank and what is your favorite? And we got tons and tons of responses. And you can still respond, but I want to go back and throw a few of those in before we uh, move on. Joan in Greendale, her first beer was Miller. Her favorite beer is Explorium Copper Lager. That sounds fantastic. I've never had that. That sounds good. Red, white, and blue is from it with uh, four exclamation points from the 920. This one I like uh, from the 262. Favorite beer is FNC beer. Have you ever had FNC beer, Tommy? 
Uh, I have not, uh, no, but the Explorium got a stamp of approval from Dom Catronio on Brewers. And really? from a non-beer guy, he said, very good beer. All right, I'm going to have to check that out. FNC means free and cold. Free and cold beer. That's oh, their favorite. Oh, yeah, plenty. Okay, yeah. I like that one. I must not, I'm not caught up on all these beer terms you know i'm so, not either yeah. but somebody but they put it in the text so i <laughs> to make it to make it so we didn't seem like uh, dolts so yes because i had never heard the term fnc before too uh claude says when i was 14 i drank hams out of my dad's secret basement cellar must not have been that secret if claude knew uh i would know how to do shooters by punching a hole in the bottom of the can then open the top oh that's shotgun shotgunning that was always the dumbest thing did you ever shotgun a beer, Tommy? Who am I talking? I cool just, <laughs> I just I recently did. That was how we decided our fantasy football order this year. Actually, was <laughs> shotgunning beers. I have not shotgunned a beer in decades. Uh, well, you can't shotgun I'm, a Guinness. I mean, that's just asking for trouble. I can chug a Guinness, but I'm not going to shot. I'll chug any beer. I'm not going to shotgun them. That's just uh, here from the four one four. See if you see Tommy. I'm going to let you see if you can identify a theme. To this text. Okay. And let me know when it's done. My favorite beer is Nuglaris Apple Ale, next to Nuglaris Cherry Ale, then it's Nuglaris Raspberry, followed by Spotted Cow by Nuglaris. Big Nuglaris guy. I'm guessing, yes. Big Nuglaris. And the nice thing, if you find one brewery and they do a lot of kind of beers, you never really have to go anywhere. You can stay stay right with that one that one brewery. Uh, I Listen. I had a couple of my final two totally nakeds the other night from New Glarus, uh, because that's just a seasonal. I love Spotted Cow, obviously. Uh, they have a lot. They Their cherry one is really good. I can't. The first time I ever had it, it came in like a wine bottle, and a 750 milliliter bottle it was really good. Uh, let's see what else we got. Meisterbrow was a favorite, brewed by Miller. That from James. Tastes as good as Budweiser for less cost. Also, Lowenbrow was. Oh, that's. You knew you were trying to be fancy back in the day if you had a Lowenbrow or, oh, yes, you, oh, you were a big, uh, big famous one. Say that again, please. Um, Eric is in Milwaukee. Eric, what was your first? What's your favorite? Well, my first beer was a good old past blue ribbon back in the day. <laughs> and my favorite beer now is a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Uh, there, there's a few Imperial IPAs that are, that are just so fantastic, but I've got. I've a really had that Voodoo Ranger. Ranger. It, it's smooth. It's creamy, and it packs a good punch too. But, well, that's uh, a th- I've got a that's great, thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I've got a great beer lover story. So, so back in 1976, the day that that Olympia beer was introduced into the Milwaukee market, uh. A buddy got a case of this, and three of us went out went out in the woods on uh, on Omni River Parkway and polished off that case of beer on the night before I had to take my SAT test on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of thinking high schoolers have. A very critical thinking. Absolutely, it was fun. The test the test went pretty good. I got accepted in college my senior year. So, That's all you needed. Great. You Very bet. nice. Well, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I haven't heard anybody mention Olympia in ages. I don't even know if they still make Olympia beer. 
I mean, 1976. That's that's going back a little bit. You know, that's over well, 40 sure. years well, now. So listen, let's not let's not get ages, Tommy. I'm just let's saying. Not, you know, it makes sense. It would be pretty quality stuff if it made it that long. No. Well, it was uh, it was founded in 1896. From uh, let's see, it was the owner was Pabst Blue Ribbon, the Pabst Brewing Company. Nice. So. Oh, it has been discontinued as of 2021. Olympia beer discontinued after 125 years. So pour one out to Olympia. I had, I drank some Olympias in my time. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. A couple of more. Do, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Nope, oh, that was it. They're jumping around. OP beer is other people's beer. There you go. Uh, we love Tommy. He can do no wrong. Is your mom texting again? No, she would be way more critical, so you know it's not her. (laughs) All right. Oh, my goodness. So let's look at a a couple things that we've got going on uh, over the weekend because uh, we're all looking for stuff. Do you have big plans for the weekend, Tommy? Are you going to do something fun? What does a young man do? Uh, I'm excited for excited for football this weekend. First weekend back, and I'm working on Saturday. We're off Sunday, full day for football. There you go. And uh, any, do you want to make any uh, predictions before the season? Actually, I know the season starts tonight, but we don't have a result. You want to make any predictions? You want to pick your Super Bowl favorite? What do you think is going to happen this year? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I was talking to Brandon. If we're going off of Green Bay stuff, I really love this first game for the Packers. Uh, I like to think I'm a pretty rational Packer fan, um, so take that for what it is. I'm super excited to see Jordan Love this year. I think he could be pretty solid, and I'm also more than willing to say he sucks if he sucks. That's where I am with that. <laughs> That's where I am with Jordan Love right now. I, I think it would be crazy not to think Kansas City and San Francisco or Philly are like your three that are real Super Bowl contenders but mm-hmm. um, as I say that the Lions are leading right now as the game gets going on but I, I still like Kansas City San Francisco I think it's an all red Super Bowl I think that's going to be it and I, and I would be foolish not to pick the Chiefs I think too all right so is that who you uh how'd your fantasy I know you're a fantasy draft guy did you come away good in your fantasy draft? So the one that I really care about, the one where I throw some money in it, is moved up to a 14-man league, which is that's a pretty big league. And I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I like what I got. Right. I, I got uh, Jalen Hurts in the second round and Nick Chubb in the first. So ho- hoping for them to have good years when they're not playing Green Bay. All right. Well, let's look at some other things. Obviously, you can squeeze other things in besides football. Uh, the big the big thing going on this week, Festa Italiana at the uh, Italian Community Center. That starts tomorrow. Oh, my goodness, 4 to 11 tomorrow. Then on Saturday, 11 to 11, and noon to 7 on Sunday. Uh, $10 admission, free for kids 12 and younger, so that'll be good. Let's see what else we got. The Frank. This sounds fun. I haven't done this in a long time. Uh, the Frank Mott's International Kite Festival in Veterans Park. I always, I enjoy flying a kite once it's up, but I also enjoy watching people fly kites. I don't know why, because I'm a simpleton maybe. But uh, that's it. 
So the uh, Gift of Wings Frank Mott's International Kite Festival returns. Uh, it's above Veterans Park. It's uh, running from 10 to 6 on Friday, or Saturday rather, 10 to 6 on Saturday, and 10 to 5 on Sunday. Admission is free, so go watch all kinds of kites. I, I think it's amazing when people have those giant kites and can get them to do things. That was... Every time I would try to do that with my daughter, uh, <laughs> it was... Flying a kite is always tricky. It was always tricky for me because even if it was windy, I couldn't seem to get that kite airborne as easily as I thought I should. Maybe I just can't run fast enough. You know, I'm like Charlie Brown. I can't I, run fast enough. I always sucked at to kites too. Never, never could do it. I, if I got it up and it stayed there, I was happy, happy. But I don't know. Did you, you did you have just the regular like uh, diamond shaped kite, Tommy, or did you try like a box kite? Or one of those dragon kites. I didn't even know there were that many types of oh kites. God, so I, I, kinds of kites. I, I remember going to a kite festival here one of these summers ago and seeing a lot of cool, extravagant ones. But I was always the the diamond kite. All right. Well, listen. If you want to fall, we could go up to the roof of the parking garage. <laughs> Just sit there, sit there with a twelve pack and fly a kite. Try after. some. Explorium or well, what was yeah, it called? Get some of yeah. that ex Explorium. Yeah, I have to look that up. I, I have to find that again because I'm going to since uh, since not only the uh, we got the text about it, but then it gets the Dom Catronio seal of approval. That's uh, you know, that's something we got to check out. Keep on swigging. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Old Dominion is in town. Playing some songs, doing some things. They're there. Uh, it is the Silver City, Silver City International Festival going on this week. So there's a lot to do in town. So if you don't have uh, plans already and you need something to do other than just watch football, maybe you want to go to the Comic Fest. National and local comic artists are at a one-day festival. Milwaukee Comic Fest offers plenty of opportunities to interact with well-known illustrators and comic artists. It is Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Cooperage. I know we have a lot of comic book fans. All right, let's take a quick break. Then we'll be back to start wrapping things up. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We're here for a few more minutes, and then after the eight o'clock news, of course, it's Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio. Did a little, uh, did a little research. That Copper Lager um, is uh, C O P capitals, and then P E R lowercase. It's a uh, Peace Officers Memorial uh, beer. It's a Vienna Lager, crisp to traditional Vienna Lager with a bright copper hue. Uh, resting beneath a soft white head. Oh my goodness, that sounds delicious. So that's at Explorium. So now we now we know, Tommy. We are we once you have that knowledge, knowledge is power, as we all like to say. Uh, good news, an update on something we were talking about last night. The Fonz is all cleaned up. They haven't identified what the black goop is that was dumped all over the Fonz, uh, the bronze Fonz, the statue, but uh, they've got it all cleaned up. The same people, uh, Vanguard Sculpture Services, the same people that gave it a facelift in 2022, took care of it. Uh, the Fonz is back, and uh, once again, I am calling for the people who defaced Fonzie to be strung up in a public square, stocks, 
something like that so we can all throw rotted vegetables at them and uh, teach them a lesson about vandalizing our beloved icons. Yeah, and I was listening yesterday to that. That was uh, quite, quite an alarming story. I, Tommy, it uh, broke my heart. Well, Listen, I never, I never understand vandalism. I don't get it. That's also fair. The honestly, the one that caught me off guard yesterday, I can't believe you've never re- read where the red fern grows. I mean, that book is crazy, and I that book is absolutely the saddest book you can read. Well, I when I googled it, I quickly, <laughs> I quickly saw that it would probably wreck me. If, uh, but I. I am going to have to I'm, see those are the kind of things that people go, I can't believe you haven't read it. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, in school, if it wasn't assigned, I didn't read it. I was reading, you know, other other kind of books that I, you know, so now I'll have to I have to read it's It's like a young adult book, right? Yeah, it is. So it shouldn't take me weeks. No, it's the only book I've ever gotten misty eyed to in my life. Really? It's intense oh at the end. OK. All right, uh, I'm gonna have to find a time when I'm not uh, when I'm not. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know fragile. you're a dog guy, so that's what I mean. Like it's I am yeah. a dog guy, and I know it. It has to do with two dogs, and I know you know there's something. Well, the way everybody's described it, obviously something bad happens. <laughs> I don't think that's a spoiler, since everybody's like, "Oh, it's the saddest book ever." Uh, it's about dogs. What? Huh? It's a good okay. book, but it's it's sad. It is a sad book. It's it's. If I would have known how it ended, I wouldn't have read the book. Oh my God! Well, that's I, so I was talking about that uh, Edward Tule book last night, and I, all the all the female teachers at school were like, "Oh, I cried when I read this book," and I'm like, "Okay, uh, yeah." Guess who was getting a little? Uh, I think it was allergies, or it was very dusty in the house when I read that book. I don't think I was crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, so you know, I'm not against that, but. This is probably not a good time for me to read a book uh, about dogs that has a, ha- a sad ending right now uh, because it is uh, it would hit a little too close to home. All right, there's a new uh, new ride opening in 2024 at Great America. And I, are you a uh, are you a thrill seeker? Do you like those kind of rides? Time of the crazy rides? Sure. All right. Well, then maybe you'll like the Sky Striker. Uh, it uh, causes an intense feeling of weightness, weightlessness at an astounding 172 feet in the air. It's a pendulum ride, uh, and it's it's the tallest pendulum thrill ride in the Midwest. It's going to open in the spring, uh, 17 stories tall. The riders are going to sit in a swinging disc that will glide back and forth at up to 75 miles per hour. Oh, no. No, I wouldn't get on that. And that's only half the speed of their vomit. That is uh, no thank you. Uh, it does say it's going to give riders a breathtaking view of the park's skyline. That's for those who are brave enough to keep their uh, keep their eyes open, because there's not a chance. I used to, I used to be able to go on all those things. Um, now roller coasters I can go on, but anything that spins, no. Well, it's giving me the same vibes as the slingshot, but just going in a yep. pendulum. So I'm I'm out on that. No, I don't. Uh, that's a young man's game. Uh, or or a loopy kids game. I don't. Uh, it wasn't meant for me. I'm not the demographic for the Sky Striker. I don't think. There's just something about because I know I know logically that the pendulum is going to stop at a certain point and swing back. But in my in my lizard mind, it's going to keep going. Then it's going to keep going up. Then it's going to spin all the way around, and my little disc is going to fly off into the uh, cosmos, and that's it. 
That used to be that used to be how we were warned uh, about parking lot carnivals. Well, listen, that's all the time we have for tonight. Tommy, thank you for all your help. Uh, Brandon Snide, thanks for the inaugural edition of Packers at Night. Dom Catronio comes with Brewers Weekly on the other side of the news. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. It's WTMJ.